0: What if I told you that the lifestyle choices you make, the environment you choose to be in, and or the environment you're put in, and your diet choices not only have a direct impact on you, but it also directly has an impact on future generations? Would you believe me? Let's get into it.
1: Be black, buy black, be black, and all of us will take care of itself!
0: Shalom, 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 family, and welcome back to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast, Where the Diaspora Speaks. On this podcast, the whole aim is to get you connected to um, uplifting, encouraging, and thought provoking content given out to the African American community who are a part of the uh, Semitic diaspora. I am your host, as always, Yermiyahu. I'm so glad that you guys have chosen to join me on another episode. As always, you can be doing anything else, but you decided to kick it right here with your boy, Yermiyahu. And I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that, excuse me, listen Um, for all of y'all that just Ended your feast, uh, cycle, or you've Or you've been ended it, um, or You're just going into, um, Sukkot Getting over with atonement, wherever you're at in that Um, man, I hope You guys had a blast, hope you guys had fun Um, uh, at your Sukkot celebrations, um Those who have did it Those who have done it, and those Who are going into it, cause I know everybody has Different kind of schedules, and that's alright uh, but yeah, man, the, the, the feast season for us is over with, and um, man, it, it, it's been a blast, it was, it was a good ride, obviously from Pesach all the way to Sukkot, there's a lot of um, just just reflection and uh, prayer and getting close with the Most High and seeking the Spirit and Man, it's, it's heavy. So uh, we're going into a season of darkness right now. So everybody has to be on your p's and q's. Definitely have to be prayed up. Um, Hasatan and all of his goons are they're, they're coming after you, man. He's, he's using all of his power he can. That there, there are no um, there are no Leviticus 23 uh, required feast days. No moedim's. No time where the Most High, quote unquote, shows up um, from now until Pesach. So uh, be on guard. Be on your p's and q's. Always be in prayer, uh, seeking the Holy Spirit. Still listen, family. Um, you ever wonder how to get Be a part of Jacob C. Podcast To get on the podcast You can call You can leave a comment on the Jacob C. Podcast voicemail. Uh, You can leave a question. Please limit those comments and questions to about a minute long, and they will be played on the next episode of Jacob C. Podcast or a future episode. Uh, You can also check us out on jacobcpodcast.com. There you can get every single episode of Jacob C. Podcast as well as connecting, uh, connecting you to the YouTube channel, and to our our Teespring store where we have t-shirts and hoodies and masks and fanny packs and stickers and whatever you want um, that's related to Jacob Seed. We have those on JacobSeed.com. So let's get into this. So you heard me say in the intro that your environment, your lifestyle choices, and or your diet can directly affect the generations in front of you. So there is, it's funny how. Secular science continues day in and day out to prove the things of the scriptures, even though they know they don't even know that they're proving them half the time. Some of them do because some of them are people of faith and they understand that secular science still proves um, a spiritual book in our scriptures. Uh, but some of a lot of secular scientists, like you know uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy, and um, I can't think of the guy right now, but the guy that does all the astrophysics, uh, the astro, uh, the astrophysicist, I can't think of his name right now, black guy, uh, so-called black man. But anyway, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, there we go, that's him. Um, they they continue to deny that there is a creator, that someone sophisticatedly, um, purposely. Um, uh, um, and wonderfully and beautifully made every single human being, every single animal down to every single chromosome, down to every single DNA trait, down to every single atom, down to every single uh, 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 mon- molecular matter that is in this atmosphere was made by somebody. It's not a mistake. It's not a big bang theory. Um, and secular science again, again, proves this. Now, I joke a lot around with uh, some of my friends and uh, I just like to argue for the sake of arguing. Um, I like to talk obviously that I'm on a podcast and um, I do um, audio book narrations and all this other stuff. Cause I, I like to talk. So if a friend says, Hey, the earth is flat. I'm going to hit him with the earth is round. They say the earth is round. I'm hitting him with the earth is flat. Um, there, there's some things that, you know, just, you know, just for sake of argument, but seriously and honestly, Science proves so much, so many things in the Bible, Um, and we, as a community, as a Hebrew community, a lot of times, even as an uh, African-American community, a lot of times we overlook science because it's nerdy, it's boring, um, it doesn't have an impact on us, this, that, and the other, but we don't understand the impact that science actually has on us and all the things that it proves in our scriptures. So today, we're going to be talking about epigenetics, or epigenetics, depending on how you pronounce it. I'm not, a, I'm not a geneticist and I'm not an expert, but <clears throat> nor do I know someone who is, so I cannot invite a guest, but I do watch a lot of TED Talks. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to hand my um, uh, platform over, as I do rarely, um, to somebody who ha- is an expert in this area. So basically what epigenetics preaches is that you can impact the life of your child by, by the decisions that you make. Before the child is born, both male and female, so both mom and dad, you can impact your child's life by the decisions you make before it's born and while it's being born, while it's an embryo, by the food you eat and by the environment that you're in. There are genetic markers that tell that child what kind of world it should be preparing it for. Clear example, you've never been pulled over by the police before you're young, you're 16, 17, 18, whatever it may be, your heart jumps when you see the lights. Now, this happened to me prior to all the Trayvon Martin, all this stuff, why? Because you can, uh, uh, um, you can transmit traits and habits down through your genes to your children. Traits and habits, this is scientifically proven through epigenetics. So trauma is a trait, that can be transferred from one parent to its child. So I'm going to get this platform over. Um, it is a lady who did a um, TED Talk. am trying to pull her name up here. She did a TED Talk about epigenetics and this phenomenon that the diet you choose along with... Um, Shoot, pretty much everything else in your life, your environment, your lifestyle choices, all those things uh, directly impact the children and the generations of children um, that you birth. So her name is, you can look it up, it's called Epigenetics and the Influence of Our Genes. Um, The TED Talk is given by Courtney Griffin. By Courtney Griffin, she's a geneticist. Um, So I'm going to let this play. It's about 18 minutes long. It gets real good, about seven minutes in, um, and then I'm gonna come back and we're gonna discuss some things. All right.
1: Nine years ago, I found myself in a doctor's office contemplating the nature versus nurture debate from a fresh perspective. You see, I had been trained as a geneticist, and had spent my career manipulating DNA and seeing the profound consequences in a lab setting, so I'd always put my money more on the nature or the genetic side of the debate. But, as my doctor revealed to me that I was pregnant with identical twins, I realized that my convictions were about to be put to the test. For starters, we had not budgeted on two daycare bills at once. So I kind of half-jokingly started to wonder, what would be the consequences, maybe, if we just sent one twin to daycare and maybe just kind of tuck the other one in my office drawer during the workday? <laughs> Despite their identical DNA, I somehow doubted that things would turn out all that well for the twin in the office drawer. <laughs> identical twins have had a profound impact on scientists' understanding of nature and nurture. Studies on identical twins who were separated at birth and raised in separate households have helped us understand different traits that are more affected by nature or DNA versus nurture or the home environment. For example, some traits like IQ or criminal tendencies are more affected by your DNA than the house that you grew up in. On the other hand, other traits like depression in men or your preference for a particular political party are more influenced by your environment than by your genes. So what about identical twins who are raised in the same home environment? Their nature and their nurture are almost the same. And yet, any parent of identical twins, myself included, can quickly point out differences in their children. One twin may have more of a preference for certain types of foods or may have more aptitude for a certain sport or a musical instrument. And sometimes, health differences can arise in these children. For example, there are reports of autism or asthma or bipolar disorder arising in one twin, at a young age, while the other one remains unaffected. How do we explain these differences, given that the DNA is the same in these children, and for the large part, their home environment has been the same, too? Well, it turns out that some of these differences can be explained by a third, very powerful influence on our lives, besides nature and nurture, and this is epigenetics. I'm going to talk to you today about what epigenetics is and how it impacts your life, even if you're not an identical twin. So before we talk about epigenetics, we need to consider our DNA and how it fits into our cells. Because believe it or not, of the 50 trillion or so cells in your body, each one contains about six linear feet of DNA. I mean, if we were to stretch it out, be about as tall as a pretty tall man. So how in the world do we fit that amount of genetic material into something the size of a cell nucleus, which is 400,000 times smaller? Well, the answer is that we do it by wrapping our DNA around clusters of proteins called histones. You can think of histones sort of like molecular spools. And there are about 30 million of these spools in each of your cells. So this helps explain how you fit such a tremendous amount of DNA into a small space. Now we call this combination of histones and DNA chromatin. And while chromatin solves this tremendous packaging problem that the cell has, it also presents a new one for the cell. And this is one of DNA accessibility. Because keep in mind that the functional units of DNA are actually the genes encoded in it. These are the instructions for the cell. These are what tell the cell what to do and who to become. And yet, when these genes are tightly compacted into a chromatin structure, they become, the cell is unable to read them. They might as well not even be there. And this is where epigenetics comes in. So, epi, meaning on top of, in genetics, your genes, literally refers to a set of instructions that sits down on top of our DNA and our histones. Epigenetic marks are small chemical tags which sit down on our chromatin and can help instruct it whether to compact or decompact. And those instructions can then affect how the cell reads the underlying genes encoded in the DNA. So, to show this schematically, some epigenetic marks, shown here in red, can help condense chromatin. And when they do this, they obscure the underlying genes, preventing the cell from being able to read them. They turn those genes off. Other epigenetic marks, shown here in green, can help decondense the chromatin. And when they do this, the gene becomes accessible to the cell. The cell is able to read it and turn it on. Now, these types of epigenetic marks are profoundly influential to our biology. Consider, for example, what is it that makes our cells different from one another? What makes them look and behave differently? What is it that makes a muscle cell, for instance, look different from a neuron? After all, these cells contain exactly the same DNA, but it's their epigenetic instructions that help tell them which genes to turn on and which ones to turn off. And with those different genes at play, these can become very different cells. So you might be wondering, when does all this epigenetic information get laid down on our chromatin? And the answer is that much of it happens during our embryonic development. So interestingly, when you were first conceived, and you were just comprised of a few undifferentiated embryonic stem cells, which had the potential to become any cell in your body, your chromatin didn't have many epigenetic marks on it. It was only as your cells began to divide and receive signals and information from surrounding cells that the epigenetic marks began to accumulate, and then the genes began to get turned off and turned on, and the muscle cell became very different from the neuron. This brings me to a really important point about epigenetics, and that is that epigenetic marks can be influenced by the environment. And when I say environment, I don't just mean those surrounding cells that tell a neuron to become a neuron. I also mean the environment outside of the developing embryo. So the food that mom eats, or the prenatal vitamins that she takes, or the cigarettes that she smokes, or the stresses that she encounters at home or at work, can all be transmitted as chemical signals through her bloodstream to her developing fetus, where they can get laid down as epigenetic marks that affect the fetus's own genes and long-term health. Now, this has been shown experimentally in mice. Mice contain a gene called agouti, which makes them obese and yellow and susceptible to diseases like cancer and diabetes. This gene and these traits can be passed down from generation to generation through DNA so that an agouti mother will give rise to a fat, yellow, disease-susceptible offspring if that offspring contains the agouti gene. Now, here's something interesting about the agouti gene it can be turned off if silencing epigenetic marks accumulate around it. So, if a pregnant agouti mother is fed a diet which is supplemented with these silencing epigenetic marks, those marks will be chemically transmitted to the DNA of her embryo, where they'll accumulate around that agouti gene and effectively turn it off. Her embryo will maintain those marks And so, it will be born and grow up to be an adult mouse that's thin and brown and healthy. Even though this mother is genetically identical at the DNA level to both sets of these offspring, you can see that the diet that she consumed during her pregnancy can affect the health and appearance of her offspring. Now, this has, of course, implications beyond the mouse world because studies in humans have shown that women who don't eat well during their pregnancy, who eat bad foods, will go on to have children who are more susceptible to developing obesity and cardiovascular disease. Likewise, if women smoke during their pregnancy, their children will grow up to have a greater chance of developing asthma. These correlations between maternal behavior during pregnancy and the long-term health consequences for their offspring are thought to be linked by epigenetics, much as you've seen here in the case of mice. Now, another important point to make about epigenetics is that these types of marks can be transmitted not only from a pregnant female to her fetus, but also from generation to generation if the marks are put down on our sperm or eggs. So, if you're in the audience and you're not pregnant, and you're not even thinking about conceiving, think about this, because the um, lifestyle decisions that you make today can still affect future generations. For example, a long-term study was conducted in Sweden and England that showed that young boys who overate or started smoking uh, during their pre years, as their sperm were starting to develop, went on to have sons and grandsons with significantly shorter lifespans. It's believed that the epigenetic marks that were transmitted by their diet and smoking decisions affected the long-term health of their future generations. This type of epigenetic information, of course, can also be passed through females to their daughters and granddaughters if the epigenetic marks are laid down on their eggs. Now this idea of transgenerational inheritance of epigenetic marks is still being debated and studied in terms of humans, but I should add that non-human organisms, mice, flies, worms, there's mounting evidence that this theory holds true. In fact, it's being shown in the lab that over tens of generations, epigenetic marks can be passed down. Another thing to know about epigenetics is that they don't just affect us when we're a developing embryo or when the sperm and egg that conceived us were developing. They can also affect us after our birth. And this is particularly relevant as we think about our brains, which continue to grow and develop throughout our lives. Take this example from rats. Rats contain a gene called the glucocorticoid receptor. And this gene can be expressed or read in a certain region of the rat's brain. And when it is, it helps the rat cope with stressful situations. So the more receptor that a rat has in this region of the brain, the better it will handle stress. Now, there are studies that have shown that interactions between a rat mother and her pups during the first week of their life can have long-term consequences for how much glucocorticoid receptor those pups will grow up to have in their brains and therefore how well they'll handle stress. This is how this works. When rat pups are born, their glucocorticoid receptor gene is surrounded by a number of these silencing epigenetic marks. This effectively turns the gene off. And yet, if a rat mother extensively licks and grooms and her pups basically takes good care of them, during the first week of their life, those epigenetic silencing marks can be removed from the gene. This allows the glucocorticoid receptor gene to turn back on, and it stays on in those pups' brains throughout their lives, so they grow up to be well-adjusted animals who deal well with stress. If a rat mother (laughs) ignores her pups, that glucocorticoid receptor gene will maintain those silencing epigenetic marks. They won't go away, and they'll stay in those pups' brains throughout their lives. These rats will grow up to be very anxious in stressful situations. This actually brings up a really encouraging point about epigenetics, and that epigenetic marks are reversible. So, if you've been sitting in the audience cursing your parents and your grandparents (laughs) for their poor lifestyle decisions or for the lack of licking and grooming (laughs) that you received (laughs) as a baby, take heart. Because scientists are making terrific progress in designing drugs that can reverse toxic epigenetic marks to help combat certain diseases. This is especially looking promising in the case of certain cancers which happen to be affected or turned on by aberrant epigenetic marks. This is how this can work. Our bodies have certain genes in them called tumor suppressor genes. The job of these genes is to protect cells from becoming cancerous. But if too many silencing epigenetic marks start to accumulate around these genes, the genes get turned off and they can no longer perform their job of protecting the cell. So scientists have developed drugs which have undergone FDA approval and are in a clinical setting which can target these silencing marks, effectively removing them from the tumor suppressor genes and allowing these genes to go back to their job of protecting the cell. Now think about it. This is a radical departure from traditional cancer therapy. Historically, we've always been focused on killing cancer cells. This, however, is taking the approach of restoring cells to their original nature, reminding them of what they're supposed to do. This type of therapeutic approach is showing great promise in terms of other diseases as well besides cancer, diseases that are also similarly affected by aberrant epigenetic marks like diabetes and lupus and asthma, and certain neurological disorders like Huntington's and Alzheimer's diseases. I'm optimistic that this type of therapy is gonna hold great promise for our health in the upcoming years, but I should caution that one of the challenges as we go forward is figuring out how to target these drugs toward toxic epigenetic marks while leaving alone the beneficial ones that help maintain our health. I want to conclude by emphasizing that there are things that we can do now to positively influence our epigenome. It's not too late. It's not too late to start eating healthier foods, foods that we already know are good for us, like leafy vegetables, whole grains, avoiding cigarettes, cocaine, stress, all of which have been shown experimentally (laughs) to impact our epigenomes negatively. These are things that you can do to impact your genes and your long-term health. And if that's not incentive enough, they can also impact the health of your future children and grandchildren. I think this concept, that we can positively impact our genes, is really profound and empowering, because we'd always worked under the assumption that our genes are set in stone, that they're beyond our influence. I want to end today by challenging you and myself to take the opportunity that we have before us to positively impact our long-term health by treating our epigenome (laughs) kindly through healthy lifestyle decisions. Thank you.
0: Okay, so if you've never heard of epigenetics or epigenetics before this episode of this podcast, first of all, you're probably like, wow, what the heck is that? Uh, this sounds crazy. This sounds impossible, right? But, but check out a couple things that she said that I, that I took away that I had to write down myself. Uh, number one, she said that for the unexpecting mothers in the crowd, that the lifestyle decisions you make today, and you don't even have a fetus in you, you don't have an embryo in you, can have an impact on future generations rations, then the very last thing she said was that we need to treat our epigenome positively by making positive um, lifestyle choices, the right lifestyle choices. And I don't know about y'all, but the best lifestyle choice you can make is to serve the most high, to honor the testimony of his son, Yeshua HaMashiach. Um, if you're listening to this and you're not in the way, like, the best lifestyle choice you can make is to turn around, go back to the, the, the religion of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, follow the laws, statutes, commandments, judgments of the Most High, and hold on to the testimony of Yahshua. All right? Why do we need to do this? You just heard a woman speak for 18 minutes about how your lifestyle choices can create either positive or negative traits in your child. Now, listen to this. Exodus 20, verse two, starting at verse two, it says, I am Adonai, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the abode of slavery. You are to have no other gods before me. You are not to make yourselves a graven image or any kind of representation of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water below or the shoreline. You are not to bow down to them or serve them, for I am Adonai Elohim. I am a jealous Elohim, punishing the the children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So we understand, oh, people say, oh, well, this stops at the third or fourth generation. No, it perpetually goes on and on and on and on and on to the third and fourth generation uh, um, as long as you continue to hate the Most High. How do you hate the Most High? You deny His commandments. You teach people to do the same. You say that the law's done away with, the Torah is done away with, and you teach people to do the same. That's how you hate him. And it says here that the children are punished to the third or fourth generation. Now, we just heard a geneticist tell us that science proves that by your environment, the things that you eat and the choices that you make directly have an impact on your unborn child, even if that child's not even in your belly yet. So does that not sound like Exodus where he's declaring punishment on your children to the third and fourth generation based on the lifestyle that you chose to have? So he's literally telling you. So people say, Hey man, that sounds harsh. How do you punish the kids? Like they don't even know, like they don't have to know. And more than likely they're just grown up in foolishness. They're grown up with, 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 uh, diseases, trauma, um uh, uh, chronic headaches uh loss of hair going down going down uh um, um uh, sickle cell anemia uh diabetes, juvenile diabetes, whatever it is, going down the line of the curses in deuteronomy sixty eight and that's to the third and fourth generation of those who hate him that's the children because of the lifestyle choice that the parent made now there's a DNA marker in the child that no matter what, this is what's gonna happen to you. Curses. It's like, man, that's unfair. And then we look at it and we're like, man, how does that child fall into that? How does this child fall into this? I man, they grew up and they just, they just, they, 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 they look like they daddy. They look like they mama. They do everything they daddy and mama did. They just ratchet, just like their parents. So it's in literally in your DNA the lifestyle choices you make literally get transferred into the DNA of your children. Isn't that crazy? But all's not bad. It says, but but displaying grace to a thousand generations of those who love me and obey my men's vote. So he's displaying grace and love to a thousands of generations, to those who follow his laws, statutes, and commandments. So you want a thousand generations worth of grace you want a thousand generations worth of the Most High loving your people, man. Follow the law statutes and commandments. Follow the testimony, the example of Yahshua. That is the only way our people can do this. And man, I commend everybody out there that's even listening to this podcast that you've turned and you followed the law statutes and commandments, not because somebody then told you you was an Israelite, but because you truly, truly love the Most High and His Son Yeshua. Even if somehow or another we know it's impossible, but even if somehow or another that it was proven that black folks weren't even Israelites and nowhere close to it, but you continue to follow it because you love them. That's how we get our generations back on right standing with the most high back to Zion out of the ghettos out of the hospital with all these diabetes and sickle cell anemias. and uh, um, um, that's, how, that's how we eradicate this, um, this, child morta- this high child mortality rate, um, birth rate in the black community. This is how we eradicate these curses by loving on the most high. It's literally in our DNA, ladies and gentlemen. The markers are in our DNA when we choose to disobey. We pass those curses to our children. Through their DNA. When we choose to obey. we Pass those blessings to our children. Through their DNA. So if you never believed that science can prove the scriptures before. Here goes proof. There's obviously more proof out there as well. Um, This is just something small. I wanted to give this to y'all. Because I've been doing this study on epigenetics for a while. Just doing some nerd stuff. Uh, But I thought it was just interesting. How we can literally impact the lives of our unborn children. By the lifestyle we choose by the environment that we're put in or choose to live in, and even by our eating habits. That's crazy. But anyhow, um, listen, I love y'all. You guys have been, uh, continue to be awesome each and every day. Um, I love how you guys support this podcast each and every episode um whether it's a dm on instagram whether it's i don't even check my facebook but i I got to do better about doing that whether it's a uh dm on instagram whether you're calling into the, the the voicemail whatever it may be like keep up keep that up that's encouraging to me um all the people who's following the that have subscribed to the Hebrew um tv channel on youtube keep that up as well um yeah love y'all uh this was great check into this epigenetic stuff again um, Choose wisely Your lifestyle choices Choose wisely Your mate Know what their lifestyle choices are Choose wisely your environment If you have control over that Choose wisely your eating habits man uh, I don't know what else to say Keep it 98 plus 2 Seek the truth Live it out Inform others Shalom